What is up, world? Week two of uh, LCS in the books. Week two of LEC in the books. We had top table matches in Korea and in China. And you've got the best damn show to break it down here, Dom, Digana, Monty. To, it's not the best damn uh, league show, actually. It's Power Spike. Yeah. That's the like best damn show. I didn't say the best damn league show. The best damn show to break down this. Oh, I so that's not. the best league show, and then this is the best show of all time in any genre. There we go. I asked. Okay. All right. Damn, perfect. Man. I like that. Is this what you more have than, to go we through? Than league? We talk about basketball here, you know? Yeah. Yep. That, that's what happened last week. Mm-hmm. 100%. Let's talk about Damian Lillard to Miami being a trade oh wait is Degon frozen or like what's going on i, I couldn't tell if we dc'd or not <laughs> no, is Degon yeah, lagging or what's going on i'm here okay I, I i'm disappointed that you didn't like my my nuanced uh, uh opening there dom also i'm disappointed how i'm sad how quick you were just stretching out what i said taking the words that i said and then turning it into something else it's like that happens to you all the time that's literally my my superpower at this point <laughs> being misinterpreted look Digon, it's something that you need to work on with some of the interviews i've seen you get recently like the players aren't saying shit so you better extrapolate what the fuck they're saying or your, your interview is going to be three minutes Brother. long all right Brother. <laughs> yeah i know we were talking about the uh, forgiven one unforgiven one last week it's so interesting because now i look at him and i'm like is he an angry player? And it's like, no, he just hates losing. He hates losing. No, After he, he wins, he smiles, you. he gets up. He hates you. You no, were the no, issue. No. no way. No, that's yeah. Dom, hate that's so impossible. You know, no, he, he, needs, he needs a more European. Like, you need to be like, you are fucking shit. You are fucking shit this game. What are you going to do to not be shit in the next game? Like, you came with such a positive energy. He just didn't know how to react. I did. I did. <laughs> Gosh, if you didn't see it, he was just like, I was shit. My teammates were shit. We missed all of our skill shots. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. Thanks for the interview, man. <laughs> what are you going to do different next time? We're going to land our fucking skill shots. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> um, speaking of tougher interviews where we did get a lot, I had Fudge and Vulcan's interviews released today. Um, oh, those, are, those are always good, though. Those yeah. are always spicy. You Fudge's got anything nice. from Vulcan about the trade and his fat, fabulous 06 start? Oh, man. Uh, he, I think just watching him try to put it together and piece it together because he's like, man, I just feel bad because I don't think anyone expected this. My parents didn't expect this. I was like, whoa, that's how yeah, hurt he was. He went, he, went, he went to like, who are the who are the closest people to me kind of feeling. And it, it, it's a good watch. He's very honest about it. And it was while they were 0-5, they went out and lost one more game the next day. So, um yeah, I guess we'll see if they're able to figure it out. Which, Monty, I wanted to bring that up. Rarely are you wrong with predictions. Or rarely are you, uh, you know, just not not close. You're like, hey, I think FlyQuest can turn it around. You can still uh, be on this ship, Monty. I'm getting called out. But I got KT right, so can, <laughs> you can we just go? Can we, you got, can we admit no. that I had a 50-50 week? <laughs> <laughs> I, because we don't have a segment for this one. I just wanted to know. Has to, with this, this segment, Mon Monty was wrong. Uh, only, only no. because uh, Thorin did that impassionate defense with Sven Skarin on how right <laughs> you were and how you revolutionized League in season four. Right? I was like, that was okay. a long time ago. Turns out. Um, but uh, am I am I still on board the FlyQuest train? Yeah, I think I think I might be getting. I think I might be getting off. I think maybe Dom was right. I think maybe Don was right. I got look, man. I got baited by the Scrimbucks because the Scrimbucks were legitimately amazing. So yeah, yeah. So for FlyQuest, that's vitality too. They're literally the same team. They just have like, <laughs> like we're insane players. We're like 
look at our fucking mechanics. We're so good individually. How can we lose? And then you see them together. It's like, do you guys fucking hate each other? Or like, what's going on? Look, I, so after this last week, I just got to say that, you know, watching this team has become so painful because unfortunately, this is one of those situations where they they keep on finding new ways to lose, which means that fixing the problems becomes really fucking difficult. Yeah. And like it looks it looks as though they just have no leadership within this team. Like I think about, you know, this this like EG game where. They just take no initiative around objectives like they don't try and muscle in. They basically have tools like a solid frontline Maokai saplings. Do they walk up to the Baron? Do they try and actually gain control of anything? And I think that they've lost so many games at this point in time that they're just in their own heads where nobody actually wants to make an assertive play or take responsibility because it might cause another loss. You know what I mean? And so they just end up doing nothing with no shot calling. And it was it was horrible to watch this team lose. Yeah, I, I think the worst thing is you can just literally see the players become worse. It's just it's the yes. same thing with Vitality, right? Think about Bo and Photon and think about Vicla and Prince. Have they not just followed the identical, uh, the same trajectory where it was like, Bo, Bo and Prince were two people at the beginning that were like, these are some of the best imports that we've ever seen mechanically. Yep. Like, Prince was absolutely smurfing. Bo was completely yep. fucking smurfy. Like, I'm talking about if you look at their first, like, what, two-thirds of the first split where it's like Bo was playing all those fucking, like, Vi games, and it was like, damn, bro, this is completely different, bro. This is Chinese Vi. You don't want to fuck with it. Then you had Prince. He was just smurfing on everything. He just looked like he was a level up on every single ID. Like, it didn't even look like Berserker was close to him in the first, like, uh, two-thirds uh, of Spring Split. And now you just see... And he just looks like an average AD. He just looks like your, your normal AD. And Vikla has become so fucking bad. Vikla just loses every single late... Like, some of the kills... That, that 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 I see mid lane just don't make any fucking sense. And at this point, I don't even know what he's good at. Like, what, what does he even play? He's not good at like the Jace. He can't play the Azir. He can't play the Engagers. It's like, oh, oh, do we have to bring back Silas? Like, maybe we go some Silas Maokai. We have to bring back these couple. Well, like, I don't I think, know what you do with this guy. I mean, I think also if you think about his time on KT, that you know Ari was one of his signature champions at that point in time. But that's so that doesn't viable. even seem to. Yeah, it's viable, but it doesn't. He doesn't seem to be able to play it or want to play it anymore. Um, so I, I really don't know what you do with this roster because also Spika has been really questionable in terms of some of his engages and like over pursuing and seems rather desperate at times to win. I, I. I just don't get it. Like this team should obviously be better. And you say that that Prince has been an average AD carry. I mean, he got he and he got clapped by double lift in that first game of the split. Like, yeah, just no, yeah, no, then he's on. below average for sure. No, I get, I get you. Um, so I mean, and, and it's not like double lift has been a world beater. Like he's been fine, but to get completely devastated as they as they got by hundred thieves in the first game of the split, and. Yeah, I, I just don't know. So I guess I, I'm I am off the, the FlyQuest hype train. I guess there is a there's an outside shot that as long as they can make playoffs, they could do some sort of miracle run because it's it's one of those things. It's the same thing with Vitality or the same thing with D plus Kia. They have the pieces that if they snap into place could be functional at any point in time, right? And so you always have to say, and caveat would be like, well, you know, you never know if they could get it together randomly down the road. And that's true, but they have to, and they only have to make that top eight in order to get there. So perhaps and it can should help. be pretty easy to make top top eight. I mean, when you look at some of the other teams, 
Like, TSM doesn't look super convincing. I think Insanity is literally just a better player than Ruby. I just think Ruby's just bad. So I, the fact that they're even making shocking. that swap is just ill. But it's it's what <laughs> NA always does, right? Like, they just shit on the fucking NA player. The NA player comes in, performs, then we replace him with, like, Blue or fucking Armut or Ruby or just some, like, washed <laughs> import that their own region don't even... Like, dude, Ruby is so bad. It's like his main region didn't want him. And then they sent him to LPL, and LPL is like, oh, like we're, a, we're rogue warrior. We don't even fucking want you. We're a dog shit fucking 17th place team. You can't even make it here. They sent them to ERLs. The ERLs were like, oh, I don't know, man. Maybe you're, like, okay here. Goes to LEC. LEC didn't even want him. And now NA's like, perfect. That's our star mid laner. We love this guy. Ruby is going to be the one that takes us to the fucking promised land. It doesn't fix any of their problems. He's not mechanically better than than Insanity by a big enough margin that I think that he's going to affect the team in some like positive way or give them some extra win condition. And Insanity looked fine. It felt like he's actually an interesting player. He's giving them a dimension that makes them hard to draft against. This Graves pick that he was playing every single game, you could tell that it made people uncomfortable. They're like, oh, how does this champion really work? They weren't sure how to punish it. He, I mean, obviously, there, there are certain strengths that enables AP junglers. There's a ton that this champion brings. And I think Insanity has always been that type of player. If you you remember back to his uh, original time in Immortals, he was somebody who's bringing, bringing out, for example, like the Carthus He had a good, run on, Immortals. He, he had a good run on Immortals relative to the strength yep. of that roster. I yep. was surprised he didn't get brought back for another LCS stint. I would have much rather had him continue his career in LCS than people like Blaze Olive, for example. Like, that's just a, a comparison that I see where it's like you have two native mid laners. I think he definitely deserves a time in LCS, so... It's one of those things I hate. So I, I'm predicting that the TSM fall off. I don't think that they're that good to begin with. And yeah, I think that they just are going to be worse with Ruby. Then you have Dignitas. Don't believe in Dignitas. Rich, he was not even good enough to get playing time in LPL. He's like the best top laner in North America, but that's yeah, fine. Yeah, there's just there's <laughs> definitely MVP Come Rich movement that's coming. Rich has been Come playing on. well. Rich has been playing well. I know he's yeah. a former LPL guy who like flamed out, which is yeah, why. I mean, he, yeah, he completely just inted rookie for fun on purpose, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> Like he's doing well. I, I, Tom, probably, you could have an axe to grind about him not being an LPL quality player, which is totally fine. But uh, that just yeah. is an indictment of the rest of the LCS. If he's just like style on on kids, oh, of course, he also has gotten I mean. weight. He's that he's, is literally he's got... my point. <laughs> okay, the North American goat already. He's played like three games. <laughs> <laughs> it's also Cassante has been uh, has been helping him quite a bit. I would say. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so then we have that team, and then also like Immortals just looks like a dumpster fire. So when you have these teams that you're competing with, FlyQuest, you're telling me you're so bad you can't be better than these. You can't be better than this version of 100 Thieves. Come on. Come on. Quit is, quit is sprinting it. Quit, wait, quit wait, is wait. completely sprinting it. So the, the difference is that it feels like there are redeeming qualities between all of those teams, except FlyQuest. I would say like Immortals, mm -hmm. our, our old boy, good old, good old Eddie, is playing good. I think Tactical's playing yeah. like pretty good on this team they haven't how's kenby playing as that's where i was going kenby hasn't been able to figure it out yet but you got solo top lane's gonna tank shit you got balulu is gonna make people feel uncomfortable and if you got treats mind controlling tactical who's playing well you do have one more part that you gotta figure out there with kenby again you are you are betting on the fact that solo they replaced revenge with solo who's a weak side top laner so their eggs are entirely in the tactical basket do you think <laughs> That that is a reliable basket in which one should put their eggs. I I think that just say no, just say no. Okay. I think that putting God treats it, with tactical, no. <laughs> putting treats with tactical is way better than what they're putting uh, fleshy in there. Fleshy was young, you know, he was new, he was nervous. Treats doesn't get fuck. You know that he loves fights. He loves putting tactical in that position, and tactical is going to uh uh, uh there you go accept.
There we go. And, and Kenvi looks like he's literally scared of his own shadow. So how the fuck is this going to work out? Trees is like, can we do something? Can we do something on the map, please? Like, this, the only way out is through. And Kenvi is like, uh, like, should I do my fucking Krugs here again? I guess I will. Like, somehow <laughs> Kenvi only farms his jungle. He doesn't do objectives, and he's behind in CS. Doesn't get a kill on the map. And then when he, it's time for Kenvi to join a team fight, oh my god, he's so fucking shit at fighting. Like, it's pathetic how bad he is. And I don't understand it, because I've played against this guy for, uh, for years in solo queue, and he just seems like one of the players that he just doesn't have the mentality to play LCS. He's just too scared. Like, he can't handle the pressure. And, I mean, if you're not able to do this in over a year of being a pro player, you're still, like, looking like these are your first games on stage. Like, imagine if Quid did this for a year. If Quid looked like this for a year, you'd be like, okay, just get rid of him, right? I think it's at that point with Kenvi. He just doesn't have what it takes. I, I blame uh, Axie Infinity. It's all the mining and grinding in Web3 games that he loves the PvP. He's actually just, or he loves the PvE. He's just playing to earn right now. So uh, No, he, the thing is, he doesn't even love the PV, PvE. Like, some people love the PvE, <laughs> and you could tell that they want to win the game through PvE. He just defaults to PvE because he's so scared of doing anything else. That's what the problem is. It doesn't even look like he's trying to PvE. It's like he's trying to create a farm leader. He's like a pathing-based jungler. Like, you see some jugglers that have had good times like that. For example, Xerxes over in EU. Early on in his career, I viewed him as an efficiency-based jungler. He needed to have good timings where he That's was able true. to fight. Like, he wanted to wait until he had flash up his ultimate, and then he would make like a good play. Like, you can be more on the farming side of things. The problem is, Kenvi picks, like, he, he picks things that ruin the entire draft. He picks things that don't make sense for the context of what Immortals are as a team. And then he just farms the whole fucking game in situations where that's never going to work. So, for example, this is Juani pick. This yeah. is Juani pick in, in, in the first game they played. This might be one of the worst drafts of all time. Their one, two, three was Sejuani into Annie into Nautilus. It's like you're just buy, you you might as well just buy Mercreds for the enemy team and just give it to them. Because how do you win this game? If you think about who Immortals is as a team, right? What's solo? What what does solo play? Tank. What what he Orange. plays tanks? Okay, he plays tanks, right? Yeah. So then why would you play Sejuani with the fucking tank player? You have a mage player mid and a tank player top, and you pick Sejuani, which enables melee fucking champion. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's actually so insanely stupid that it, I can't even begin to talk about this team and not flame them. It's like you're asking me to flame you at this point. Hey, Dom, uh, what was the result of that game? Oh, the team had about four Merc Treads at 10 minutes, and then they just lost the whole game. Like, I don't know, bro. I, I don't know what to, to say. The whole idea of your team is that Kenvi is supposed to be the carry jungler player. His best champions are like Kindred, Viego, Leeson, this type of shit. He's supposed to be playing that shit. Solo's going to play the tank, and then that's going to enable him to not have to play that tank role for his team. But then he just picks champions that don't make any sense, that his teammates <laughs> do, that don't compliment his teammates, and then he plays them poor individually himself. I you're think, I you're think losing look. on all fronts. You're inting your team in draft in the fucking game. You're stifling their ability to make plays on the map. The plays that you do make, you're whiffing your abilities. Like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? I think the f the funniest part about the the TSM game that you bring up where they picked that draft is like their only melee champions to combo with Sejuani were Scion and Nautilus, both of which yeah. have so, so such slow attack speeds. Like, the what idea was the 80 like, carry in that game? What was the 80 carry in that game? Varus. It was Varus. So they literally <laughs> drafted five CCs. Five CCs? With the Sejuani. <laughs> Who is supposed to kill anyone with this draft? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, my region. It's fine. Next right. topic, Digon. I, yep. I can't go off any harder. It, it is, Let's it move us out of this one to the other team that we were comparing 
FlyQuest 2. It's our first segment of the day. It's keep. Or yeah, that first the first part doesn't count as a segment. It, we're doing keep or kick. Is, are you keeping Vitality, who we just saw yet again uh, struggle with another week, or Koi, who uh, had a little bit of surprise, but uh, also kind of struggling? Let's All right, I'm it. changing the segment. Keeper, kick, Vitality, or FlyQuest? That's okay. the real question. <laughs> all right, all That's right. That's the real right. question. We'll do it. We'll do it. All right. Super teams, super names on the fly. We're changing it. FlyQuest and Vitality. Where are we going with this one? Monty, because I feel like Dom's ready to like chat for like 30 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I, I think my hand's already been shown because I think at this point I keep FlyQuest just because I do think that there's an there's still an outside shot that they achieve something. And as far as teams that have been mentally broken, uh, clearly it's both of them. But I think that at least since there's been a more recent roster change with FlyQuest and they're in arguably an easier region that I would at least keep them to see how they they go for the rest of the split. Whereas Vitality, I I would have thought, guys, like the static Shiv LeBlanc meta should be the perks meta. Like this is everything he wants. Control over the side waves, ability to play LeBlanc, right? Easy escapability from those situations. Some of perks' all-time greatest macro plays have come from his ability to put pressure down onto side waves and he has such an insane ability to do that but then we see vto that's when the kaisa mid comes in against him they let him pick it so they get like one win and then today here we are dealing with the the mid varus and the 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 way they lost today was just so completely pathetic um it, it just seems like this team has no synergy at all, and they're never, ever going to be able to get it. Bo playing tanks is just depressing at this point in time because he has no agency on the map. And they've never coalesced around any kind of identity whatsoever, right? I think that's the problem is that, you know, Bo goes off the rails when things start to look bad, and that's when the Nidalee and the Karthus have come out this year. And they feel very, very desperate and that they've already thrown in the towel. And frankly, the other reason why I kick Vitality is because at least I feel like some of these players, like Upset, might be able to be good on other teams, right? Mm, Dom, go ahead. I mean, I, I'm, I'm making it simple, bro. I'm kicking Vitality because... The difference between Vitality and Fnatic for me is that Vitality actually looks like they're done. Like, I, I think Bo today was pretty much the hardest, like, you could into game where, it, I mean, it just looked on purpose, right? It looked like he just doesn't care anymore. Like, he wants to lose. He wants to lose. He wants to be done with his team, find a different team. Yeah. Like, he's just done with his teammates. That's just unacceptable to me for, from a pro player. Like, to actually just troll on stage, like, make these play like... I don't know. It's just, it's just, that's the last straw where I feel like FlyQuest is still trying. Like they suck for sure, but at least they're still trying where I think Vitality has just given up completely. Uh, the Twitch chat was saying, send, uh, it looks like Bo's going to Brazil. Bozil. That was a good one. I liked that one a lot. Uh, <laughs> I think I was a little mean, but you know, I mean, he will get another off. job somewhere in probably a minor region or NA, also a minor region. You never know. But I, 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 there'll be some team if perhaps he needs a mental reset, but this roster just fundamentally doesn't work. And honestly, I feel really fucking bad because it's another, you know, it's another time where Vitality has spent a fuck ton of money 
right? And they've made very aggressive roster moves with star players that are available, but the synergy has just never been there. I mean, the synergy was literally the best uh, between Perks and Bo in their first games. Like, in their first split, they were just ganking mid and killing mid over and over again, and it was like, damn, bro, no one can 2v2 these guys. These guys are the best 2v2. I mean, they were dicking, like, the people that are dicking them now, they were dicking Elioya and Niski. I mean, they were they were they completely dismantled G2. It just looked like they were actually a solid team. And somehow they've gotten worse with time, which makes me just wonder what coaching looks like in their team. Because the thing that that I don't understand is why they have such dramatic responses to every single game that they play through draft. So if you look at the three drafts this weekend, they somehow went from first picking Poppy. Like just Bobby is like a situational counterpick. Maybe you flex it. It can have some value there, but it's a counterpick to dash champions. You don't just open a draft with Poppy. They first pick Poppy just so that they can go Rakan Zaya or just so they can go Rakan essentially, because obviously Poppy is good into Rakan. Um, and then the next draft, they're like, fuck it. We last pick jungle. So they went from first pick jungle of the of overall draft. So B1 jungle to R5 jungle nocturne. And the next game, they're on Maokai. It's like, what are these? Like, what is the identity of the team? I literally have no idea what they're even trying to do. Normally, teams, you can see what they're doing, like, throughout the week. So, for example, XL, another team that's dog shit. They came into this week, and they're like, <laughs> we're going to play tank jugglers and Azir. That's our strategy. And then we'll just comp everything else around that. We'll have some moving pieces, but the, the stable points of our team are going to be Azir. If Azir's banned, we'll probably go another type of control mage, a tank jungle. And then we're just going to try to play front to back like easy win conditions and they'll just iterate on that. And that's how they ended up going three out this week. But when you look at this vitality team, I don't even know what they, what they bring from game to game, whatever they review in game. Number one doesn't apply to game. Number two, whatever they review in the first two games doesn't apply to game. Number three. So how are you progressing? I, I kind of hate to bring this up because this is such a black box of, you know, uh, information, but the communication skill set, right? Again, this is a triple language uh, team here, that native language at least, uh, which maybe FlyQuest was running into as well with multiple different language speakers before. You had Winsome that could understand Korean. Ayla didn't understand Korean. You switch them back out to Winsome and you saw performances go back on up. You kind of wonder if communication over time becomes the issue because the calls get a lot more complicated and a lot more complex compared to what it was like when you started when it's early on you're just kind of playing off a of feel and you want to support your new teammate so when he goes in i go in and you you trust off of that whereas later on if you're trying to create set plays you're trying to prevent three-man tower dives and you need resources over that's a lot more complex conversation and i know this is going to sound weak but you're seeing Team Liquid kind of get to that point in terms of their calls and when i was talking to Jan, he's saying i'm able to communicate with them so much faster now in korean and i know if i need to use uh uh korean or english i know core can understand and i know what words to use and that kind of shorthand then helps out a team like that where it's all the same language or mostly the same language that was kind of unique uh yeah. in terms of that I, I think the communication is is cope for the most part in 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 league i think it's big cope because i mean i played on a team with two koreans similar type of thing and they could understand i mean at this point in the year you understand everything your teammates are saying like even if they can't communicate back 
specifically what they want in game if you're good players and you're playing the game and you have a good understanding of you know how the game is functioning everyone has a similar and idea of the patch. in each other's actions as well yeah you could play the game like i mean look you go to a fucking you go to korean server as an na player if you're a good na player if you're like fucking jojo or something he's just topping the ladder they don't need communication even if it is like unstructured solo queue we're talking about LEC and LCS. Like most of the situations are not super, super complex. We're not having these like three man, like these, like we, <laughs> Gillies calls it the, the triangle attack, where if you look in, in LPL, they'll have like one, they'll have three different angles that they all come from at the same time where you're like timing these coordinated engages. Like most of it is like they're inting go. And then like Maokai presses the R key and then starts like rolling at them. And then everyone just flashes on the target to get CC'd and they just kill them. There's, it's just not crazy levels of communication. If you listen to Bo, like his English is fine. Like he knows what the fuck people are saying. He just thinks his teammates are shit and they think he's shit. And now everything's just terrible. Like they just, they just don't believe in each other. I, I think that's a accurate. Uh, that's a fair point. The trust. And they don't, gone. they, they don't have any kind of set way to win a game either. Like, none of the players are individually performing. Who do they play yeah. through on this roster right now? Like, Photon's fallen off. Perks, who at least had... I think he was pretty good in spring <laughs> overall. But but Kaiser hasn't been great, right? So, I, I, I think it's really... But, but they're unwilling to play through upset for some reason. Like, the answer has to be upset. But Perks is not having the same level of performance that he had in the spring. Like, Perks has now become, I think, an issue on this roster. Perks, I mean, they're all an issue on this roster. I mean, the, think about how the split started. So number one, the thing that's hilarious is this team is apparently dicking everyone in scrims. Like, I, I'm not, I, I don't even get this information from Vitality members. Like, everyone else will tell me, God damn, Vitality's dicking us. Like, they're looking fucking good. And then you see them play and it's like, really? How? How are they looking good? Because the split opens up. What's the first thing you see? You see Photon getting counterpick, playing Gwen, and getting slapped by Cassante in like the most the driest of all solo kills there's nothing going on there no flash nothing like just the fucking bone dry solo kill and then you just see like this game like Bo is just dead on a fucking ward before the lane phase even starts then you have this gank where like perks fucks up mechanically then Bo is trying to save them like perks already dead Bo misses the Q he dies he gets hit by a charm he dies as well it's like zero to four in fucking four minutes the whole game just feels so so terrible so I don't know man I think they should probably just take a, a, a page out of Piglet's book. At this point, the only solution is playing Vayne into Draven. Just have to fucking give them Draven, play some Vayne, trusted upset to carry. Oof. Well, uh... I mean, what's, what's, what's scary, though, is that there's still a potential here that Vitality, first off, could make it out of groups, and second off, somehow ends up at the season finals, right? Because they only have to play, like, they have quite a few championship points right now. They are what? Tied with BDS. Yeah. Yeah. They're tied with BDS at 137. And so, you know, if they can if they can squeak into the next round, they get a minimum of 30 points. And depending on who's on the bottom, um, you know, and who wins summer, because the way that LEC works is that for the season finals, all of the split winners go. So G2 and Matt are guaranteed for winning winter and spring than the summer one, and then the top three remainder in terms of championship points. So it's not actually outrageous to think that Vitality might just completely, you know, bomb out uh, in the next couple of weeks and then just be sitting there waiting for their turn at the season finals after the summer playoffs have concluded. 
Yeah, I'm, uh, and the teams that are struggling behind them all are as well in this split, BDS in third, Koi in fifth. So, you know, uh, maybe a world where they this does happen and they do have to figure it out. It reminds me <laughs> a lot you, of... Can you imagine Can you imagine being in Vitality's house, given the what it appears to be the state of their team, where they, they get eliminated and yet somehow have to wait like two months until the, the season finals and they have to keep practicing? <laughs> wait, but, but yes, because we have an example of it. In the LCS, I think in 20... 16 maybe 2017 that was clutch remember clutch qualified or 202018 they qualified for the gauntlet but by that time the team was so blown up that was the vulcan piglet year um they had to wait and play scrims and it was like a first round knockout to whoever they played because they were no longer you know like talking to each other anymore at that time so definitely a world where that uh it was like a really unhealthy environment where you just chill out throughout the rest of the summer split throughout the summer playoffs and you're just waiting there for your time to shine when when you obviously know that you're not going to worlds so what what a what a doomed environment that would be oh i love it by the way uh, yeah, make some fucking content, Vitality. Let's let's watch that. The season Bro, finals breaking don't start. point, Vitality edition. Holy <laughs> shit! I just want to see Bo say, "Pick me whatever," and let's fucking lose in peace. Like I just need to see that shit. <laughs> like, By please, the way, so, man, so, I mean, the season finals don't start until August nineteenth, guys. So it would be literally just like two months of them sitting around. The season finals they start. Oh yeah, August nineteenth. Yes, August. Yeah, August nineteenth, and they end on September tenth. But just because of the way the structure of the LEC yeah, yeah. works, it's a long time to sit around. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, guys, we did it. We did a segment where Dom talked about communications on Team Liquid in the past without flaming Piglet. Let's move on. High oh, key, low Piglet. key, no key. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I was talking about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I threw some shots at him. I, I think I think we got through pretty good. Uh, chat oh, is super excited for it, so I was like paying attention. And I didn't remember. All right, uh, high key, low key, no key. Our next one: successful off season roster moves. When we think about some of the big names that went to different teams, bigger teams, lesser teams, and tried to build themselves back up, or lesser known players moving to big teams, who are the ones that uh, were the most successful? Let's get into our high key, low key, no key. Uh, all right, let's start with our uh, no keys. Let's get them out of the way. Uh, the ones that were not successful mm, and don't think will be successful. We can we will add that caveat as well. So if you think Vulcan going to FlyQuest, obviously that is bad. That hasn't worked out well. But if you think he'll turn it around or maybe be a good investment for the team later on, that, that's the caveat there. So uh, you've got... Uh, other names that had come up from bad, bad, I guess, new team, bad kind of like debuts here. Who else comes to mind? Well, I mean, there's there's been a, there's obviously going to be a bunch on kind of like bad teams as as we saw some level of experimentation right on rosters amongst bad teams, particularly in, in LCK and LPL, but Vulcan really hasn't brought the, the kind of shot calling voice or synergy with Spica that we thought might occur early on, or even lane presence with Prince. Like there seems to be really no 
tangible upside to this guy. And I'm not saying he's worse than Winsome because people really overweight, overrate Winsome, in my opinion. Like, did you guys just like forget that Winsome and Ayla both had not very good performances overall? I don't think that FlyQuest would be winning with either of these players in this roster instead. The problems are are kind of far deeper on a you know on-stage performance and synergistic level than that, right? Um but I also think like, you know, we can be critical of some of the other roster moves that have occurred. Like, look at what's going on with Koi, who voluntarily rid themselves of Trimby and put Advien in, which is was on paper a pretty big downgrade. And given what we've seen from Trimby's performance, where his roaming has actually made Humanoid and Razork look better on that roster, and we still know he is in a massive champion pool and is an excellent player, and Koi have seemed rather listless and, um, you know, unable to actually make decisions in-game ever since that roster move went through. Yeah. What do you think, Dom? So where are you picking that? Where where are you putting Vulcan? Uh, I'm no key. I'm no key excited for Vulcan or Advien because at this point I just don't think that the Vulcan swap has really made any kind of difference, and I don't think that Vulcan being on this team is why they will improve. Yeah, I mean I think that's I think that's fair. I, I would have went. I would have went. No, I, damn, Monty just took two of them. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck did that work out? All right. <laughs> I guess I guess I'll I'll alter it. I was gonna go. You want Peach? You want Peach? Oh no! I mean, I've been like, (laughs) I'm less than Noki excited. I'm angry. I'm like, (laughs) I'm angry about that that move in general. Um, because I I mean, I I I tortured myself and watched some of uh EM Masters, and my God, it's actually EM Masters now. But yeah, EM Masters. Oh man, this guy was not good. And I mean, this. This game that he played today, I mean, he tried his best to lose it. He was smiting like he's 45 years old. <laughs> Anyways, point is, point is do, I'm not like, Peach. Do you like how XL had a 3-0 week in spite of just being hard griefed by the jungler? <laughs> well, I mean, he played fine in the Maokai game. In the Maokai games, he played fine. Like, it seems like you play that champion, but Maokai is so, like, easy for... It's so hard to expose yourself on Maokai. The second he had buttons on Poppy, I mean, it couldn't have gone worse. But anyways... I'll go. No I would like key. to point out that he always has a smite button, no matter which jungler he's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, my no key excited. I'm gonna go no key on Uzi. I've just I Ooh. wasn't excited for him because I saw him play last year. I didn't think he was very good. I mean, I guess it's a little bit cheating because I saw him play a little bit already. But I just I I wasn't excited, and I'm still not excited. I don't think that he's better than Leave. I think Leave is pretty much better than him in, in almost every area currently. And well, he's worse at not using prostitutes publicly. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. Which is why we're in this situation. If we're being honest. It wasn't a skill issue. It was a leaked prostitution DM issue. Just, just don't do that. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's true. But I mean, in terms of League of Legends things, I think that that nice. I, I think that that Uzi is just not as good as Lee was, um, and I think the team has just been playing worse um, with him in general. There's this pressure that comes with it, with his name as well. It just hasn't looked good for me. I'm just not excited for it at all. I think EDG is not going to make worlds because Uzi's on the team. Uh, guys, you're both wrong. It is uh, reckless to support. That was probably the worst <laughs> move in the uh, off season for Fnatic. 
reckless to support because then he went to the analyst desk and didn't even stay on there past a week. So uh, you can make your uh, reservations from that. All right, let's go to our Loki excited about some of these moves here that uh, that are like yet to be determined, but are promising. How about that? Let, let's go there with you, Dom, since Monty took two of yours last time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, my Loki, I'm going to go revenge. I think revenge. Oh, that was my fuck you. <laughs> yeah, how's it feel, motherfucker? <laughs> Damn right. Damn right. And my fuck. And I'm just gonna get it out of the way. Yeah, my high key is Noah. So yeah, fucking take all this. <laughs> take all this. I got revenge for my for my Loki. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm pretty high for him. I mean, he's been stuck on bad teams for a while, and I'm not really hyped. Chronically about the- underrated. I have been defending Revenge's honor for like yeah. the last years and everybody's like no monty he's actually shit i'm like look at his teammates look at fucking immortals it's a dumpster fire this guy is actually for a a native american top laner he's actually decent and also if people are going to be flaming koi for the roster moves they made we have to do the same thing for immortals immortals chose to get rid of revenge revenge wanted to stay on immortals and immortals was like no no you we need solo over you fuck you and then he just went to eg and now he's smurfing so yeah that's what i would say uh 77 uh kda for noah just wanted to drop that one out there before we forget and someone else steals my facts since we're going all out of order monty now you're on the run what do you have to who are you (laughs) loki or who you uh loki excited about who am i loki excited about um i i still am loki excited about gala even though lng hasn't been doing quite as well as we might have believed with gala on the roster i also think that the lpl is just really fucking competitive right now especially with top esports kind of revitalizing and and billy billy having been on that upward swing through playoffs and then into msi and continuing on that trajectory right now so i'm not sure i think objectively they would be doing worse without gala on this team but it is harder, I think, in summer to win in the LPL this time around than it was previously. So I'm still low-key excited, but I don't I'm not sure that LNG is going to be able to kind of push it deep into the playoffs, considering how well some of these other teams are doing at the moment. Yeah. And yeah. I have to say, I have not yet seen the uh, IG LNG matches that happened last night, but the results did not <laughs> please me. <laughs> I've got uh I've got two here just because uh, you'll understand why. I think insanity was low key exciting just because yeah again good story and it, and it gets taken away so you can't even stay excited about it. So I think low key excited for insanity and and what his future holds. Um and I think the other low key excited one was seeing uh, uh Rich come in and play in this Dignitas team that could not punch their way out of a fucking paper bag and now they've got. <laughs> firepower they've got firepower right as much as it was fun has been surprisingly all right too filthy frank man I, i'm trying to get <laughs> nicknames for, for for the players that don't already have any like behind them i, th- I think what's, frank what's, what's, what's weird about what's weird about dignitas right now is that what would you would think would be their most exciting aspect on paper which would be historically like jensen santorin bringing back that old synergy has looked qu- quite bad and like it's Rich and Tomo that are the more interesting actual aspects of these rosters of that roster, rather. Yeah. Uh, all right. If you do, you want to defend your high key pick of Noah here, Dom, or 
Is that enough? Enough. No, said. I mean, I think I think his play speaks for itself. The guy has been absolutely fucking smurfing in in the games. He just uh, if, just think about the contrast of reckless to him. Like everyone is gonna be oh, but it's the bot lane as a whole. Trippy is better than Advian. The biggest difference is in the AD carry. Like Noah is so much better than Reckless was, and he's aggressive. He plays fights well. I mean, he's just making almost no mistakes. Guy is fucking cracked. It's been it's been a lot of fun to watch, and the one of the major reasons for Fnatic's resurgence. Monty, who are you high key excited about with our offseason moves? Well, uh, so first off, um, I think. I, I would go with Trimby just because this is a player that I, I think has been really excellent for a long time. And we talked about, uh, you know, I think one of the stories of Fnatic has been, how do you fix the Razor cumidoid synergy problem, which has never really clicked since they got both of these players onto the roster. It's and one of our favorite that, drums to beat on. Uh, <laughs> it's just true, though. It's just true. It's just true. But maybe the answer is Trimby walks into the mid lane now, which he's been doing a whole hell of a lot. And, you know, already having that synergy with Noah to trust him, you know, when he can go and make these roams on the map, um, I think is, is going to be, you know, it, 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 as, as Dom said, like, if you, if you think the communication is an issue, how is it possible that Noah and Trimby are already doing so well together? Isn't it more likely that they just have good game instincts and muscle memory and are just good no, at the game just, and uh, can play it's together? it's just a communication gap. Noah just is, <laughs> is super fluent in English. He actually, like, when he goes in interviews, he downplays his English to try to bait other teams into thinking there could be communication issues. And then he actually is just, he's actually British. He's not even Korean, so that's uh, it's next level for him. So, yeah, I mean, I, of course, uh, everything about KT is going great right now. And Noah is a product of uh, KT Rolster Academy and a substitute onto the main team. So, really, it's just everything about KT is going great right now, including Noah, who comes from that system. So it's been it's been fun, though. It's been fun, though, to see him and and how well he's doing. Uh interesting just note about Trimby and just a testament to his success it was in playoffs it's second third second first third and then his first time not making it into the top three six moves teams over to Fnatic and look at that Fnatic and uh the the long uh standing feud between the lovers in the mid and jungle figure themselves out for Fnatic so uh, Trimby, his his positive energy, I think, uh, going a long way there for Fnatic and and his career. Uh, for me, it's uh, all right, this one. I need crowd participation here. All right, I'm I'm like a shitty DJ at a shitty warehouse club in Los Angeles, and it's like, all right, I know people aren't going to yell with me. All right, sure, in Cleveland, but there are a lot of <laughs> shitty ones here too, just <laughs> buoyed by the fact that it's Los Angeles. And I'm like, all right, I need some crowd apart, uh, participation. I know you're not going to shout it back with me, but I need to hear it in the back. Hey, what's your favorite food and you own it? Oh, sorry. What's your favorite condiment and you own it? It's whose mayo? Our mayo! Oh, Dude, <laughs> our mayo's been playing so well and is another one of those fringe oh, players God. that has been performing and just can't stick to a team because he keeps getting fucking killed in the back by Acadian or some other jungler that is slightly better than him. Our Mayo has been showing up here and has been a lot of fun. Was that one okay? Yeah? Yeah? God, Twitch chats can fucking destroy me today. <laughs> All right. What would, we be, what would right. we be without a little cringe? That's yeah. part of the fun. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. part yeah. of the fun. Um, so 
with that said, Armeo's played well. You know, a, a jungler that doesn't necessarily always um, outhands you, especially given the fact that he's been playing for a while and looks like he's been playing even longer than what he's actually played. But uh, he will uh, path well. He supports his team really well. Player of the week uh, this week, by the way, for the LCS. So uh, good on Armeo to have himself another opportunity here on Evil Geniuses and also be part of the resurgence that they've had. Um, uh, along with Jojo. I mean, Jojo's been pretty fucking great for that team. All right, there you go. There's our high key, low key, and no key moves for the split. If you agree with us, let us know in the comments below. If you don't agree with us, let us know in the comments below on this video. Uh, and we'll pick one or two of your comments and I'll bring that up next week. Um, all right, next up. It's our Galaxy Brain Club discussion. Time to get into it. This is one that everyone that watches this show will have a little piece of, other than Dom. Dom's already recluse his, his not even North Americanness, but his Westernness here, right? But the state of Western League of Legends, where are we at, right? We know that North America and LCS usurping Osh into part of it was kind of signs, telling signs of things that aren't going well. But given the fact that LEC also kind of looking top heavy, some of the imports not working out, Getting a little worried. So that is the topic of this week's discussion, the state of Western League of Legends. Let's get into it. Monty, please go first so that you don't tell us it's all doomed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I think it's I think it's doomed. I, the question is really like, you know, uh, year to year where what is the state of the west and like and by the west i mean europe because it's never been north america guys it's it never at any point been north america uh they've just been varying degrees of bad and then sometimes we get like a european squad that's that's able to pop off and do some damage on an international level you know make make a world finals a couple times even though those did go great. You know, win an MSI, uh, win an international tournament if you're Moscow Five, taking IEMs back in the day, right? Um, but I think it's it looks pretty grim just because the level of the top teams in China and Korea right now is just been so good and there's there are such really competitive matches especially that are being played in the LPL right now and you're also coming off an MSI where it it looked pretty doomed like in the in the bracket stage of MSI the western teams all faced eastern teams and collectively in four best of threes won one game and that was G2 and then G2 also took a game off of Billy Billy in the lower bracket but otherwise that was it so G2 was really the only hope and even then they didn't look particularly spectacular i do think g2 looks better right now than they did at msi because i think mm -hmm. caps is having better performances but it does seem like our expectations particularly around europe has been it's been kind of a fiesta and the teams that at least have the player talent to look really good in theory like vitality have never clicked so we're ending up with some kind of newer rosters that are a bit surprising uh and lcs just looks super bad i mean I, I think it's completely doomed for lcs if cloud nine is the best team because they they are too cavalier and they i mean they're nowhere near the quality of of some of these eastern teams that they have to be facing at worlds but yeah it was a it was a really disappointing msi for the west and it's been a really disappointing start to summer uh 
here's a cope angle for you, Dom, that the no LCS, the LCS players and some of the worst teams will play aggressive enough to keep the hands warm for the best teams, but then they're the ones that still need to continue to practice the macro. Is that, is that cope or is, is it just, is it how, how doomed is it? I think it's pretty much the most doomed it's ever been. I mean, the, the thing is you need to see an outlier in LCS or LEC, like a team that is yeah. really cohesive, that is just levels up on everyone else. And the best teams in Europe and NA right now, they just don't, they don't have clean enough games where you feel confident. Like the best I felt all year was winter split G2 where it felt like, oh man, these guys are aggressive. Yeah. They got their own thing going. They have their own meta. They ha they play the game in a way that I think could catch some of these teams off guard. Right now, when you see the way that the games are being played, where it's like, yeah, just take your enchanters. And even G2, who I think is the best Western team, is going like Braum Cog blind with like a Maokai. And it's just... Well, I, first like, picking Maokai on blue side too. You know, they're... That, yeah. Which doesn't seem like something G2 would have done in either of the other splits. Like, yeah, it seems you're it gonna seems first very pick a, a kind of a more passive tank jungler for Yike. Like that's not been the team this year. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not I'm, I just don't like the way that they're playing because I feel like they're just they're not practicing things that I think are going to be realistic win conditions when you play against Eastern teams. I don't think mm -hmm. you can go into a game and be like, "Here, OMG, have all your picks that you want, and we're just gonna sit back and scale." It's like, no, you're getting fisted. Like you're not you're not scaling. Like. Uh, you you can't breathe when you play against some of these better teams that, that are going to be just like trying to win. So I, I don't know, man. It's it's tough to watch because I don't feel like the teams are getting better. Um, and when you look at like the, the metas around the world, it just it seems like LEC and LCS just aren't even close to being able to execute the comps that are really OP right now. So, I mean, I think that consensus is the best team in the world right now is JDG, right? I mean, obviously, it could be different if you ask, you know, other people. But let's say JDG is the consensus. Uh, it's KT because they beat T1. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And T1 is the best team. So, I mean, that's my <laughs> transitive property. KT's no joke. K KT does look extremely good right now. Uh, yeah, KT does uh, look extremely good. I don't think that they played that high of a level versus T1. I think that they're, they're that like... They, they didn't really some... have to, to be fair. <laughs> sure, but I mean, when you look at like some of the like, there's definitely sketchy sequences that are being played out. I mean, like we will talk about KT versus T1 yeah, later. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah. point is, when you look at JDG, they're the best team in the world right now, and a lot of teams will look at the best team in the world and try to mimic what they do. And when you see how JDG takes team fights, where they play, they play a, a ton of anti Wukong, work on the same stuff that they won MSI with. They're just playing right now in in LPL. And the way that they play it, the way they set up vision, the way that they understand how to team fight is on such a higher level than what you see in the West. Like in the West, it's like front to back. You don't see the same setups. Like everyone has separation anxiety. It's five people on the same screen. I was showing even bottom tier like LPL teams. Like I was watching LGD versus, versus OMG this morning and I was, I would pause the game and I would just be like, look at where the champions are coming into this fight. You have like Asante with with an engaged champion on one side. You have Annie coming from another angle that they have yeah, like yeah. Red Sweeper. You have you have the AD carry just playing essentially alone like near the Dragon Pit. These types of setups are really fucking OP right now. And with the meta of Annie still being broken, it's not nerfed until uh 1313. You have the the Nico that's came in. We have no idea if this champion's ever gonna be like actually dead out of the meta. It's first pick, first ban, it's really OP. When you have these champions being played, you need to be able to like separate and find angles. And I just feel like there's no angles. So the hope for the West, if I wanted to go a mega copium angle, is you you gotta hope that we end up in some like very simple front to back tank top <laughs> control mages mid 
AD carry with Enchanter, where everyone's just on the same screen and there's not a lot of like creative thinking that goes on. Because I think that those fights could be winnable for a Western team. But if you're playing a meta where there's a lot of people that need to come from different angles, it's just not happening. Did we... So when, when you describe a meta like this and players that excelled at that, that sounds like high's cloud nine, right? It sounds like a while ago where people were creative with those types of engages. It does kind of sound like maybe like who he's types of engages. Um, but like, I'm trying to rack my brain for like North, like NA players that kind of embodied that type of those types of team fights and those types of cloud comms, nine, but- um, cloud, cloud nine, 2020 spring. Mm. when there was no msi that was that is the, one of, I, I actually think that that iteration of cloud nine might have been able the, to do something internationally i'm really sad we didn't get msi that year yeah that, that was probably the the best team we've had in the last five years in terms of the, just coordination is that the perks no uh, or is that, that, that was niski niski no, yeah. blabber and vulcan that's right and they right when they just got together they went to korea they played a million games of senna affilios they understood those champions before anyone else they would play like Varus Tomkin. It just felt like you couldn't do anything because they had such a good understanding. And the way they took fights was so coordinated with so many different angles. Niski played the roaming style really well. Everyone was solid on that team. I think that was the best team that we've had in the last five years. And if it's not that, then you got to hope that meta falls into your lap. Because some teams just have coordination and they have just that it factor. We've had like 2019, 2020 G2, and then on a lower level, obviously, because it's NA, you had Cloud9 2020 spring, which ended up falling apart in summer, and we never got to see that team international. Yeah. But I think uh, that's what you need. So that's what we need to... to how, how do we fix it fu- fundamentally, right? That That's, that's kind of what everyone wants to try and figure out. But I kind of wonder for both of you who, uh, Monty, you've covered league for such a long time and had had the opportunity to kind of guide, maybe not construct the exact roster that you wanted, but guide a team. And then Dom, you, you watch the most league out of anyone ever. How do we get to an infrastructure where uh, players can, we, we can yeah. allow that? I mean, you can't because the problem is a it's a practice issue where if you aren't practicing in these environments and you're not constantly being pushed by other people, there's no way, I think, to achieve this. If you if you are able to win your scrims by and, you know, you can only play to the competition that you have. Right. And so you can look at other teams. But why would you choose to do something that is more difficult to execute if you can win by doing the thing that's easy to execute within your own region? Right. Um, I think it's really, really tough and takes a special team and a special kind of coach in order to motivate people in order to go there, right? And there's just no point. There's just no point in doing it. I mean, the the answer to this is the same answer I always give, which is that we need to create a super league on top of the regional leagues that has the 20 best teams in the world that elevates those teams to um, the next kind of level. And we bring in some of the Western teams and we start constructing Western rosters that can live in Korea or China and get that level of competition on a daily basis. And it's this is not a hot take because... I can just tell you what happened in Overwatch when they made Overwatch League. The Korean teams were the best. And then everyone moved to the United States. Then all of a sudden, the U.S. server was the most competitive server among pro players. And you know what? After year one, we saw combined Korean and Western rosters winning titles. And we saw Western players rise to the occasion. But you can only be a product of your of your scrim environment. True. 
Like this is why te- like if that's not if if teams don't believe this, then why are they fucking boot camping in Korea? You know what I mean? Kind of like um gosh, what's an example here? It, it's a short-term fix, but they don't want to do the long-term fix. It's too expensive. It's you're further away from your sponsors. I don't know. Well, and and also people will blame the motivation of the players, which I think is true, but it's tough to be motivated when you are the best in your region and you're going to do the minimum it takes in order to continue to be the best. Right? If you're just getting if you're a real competitor and you're just getting shit stomped every day by LPL and LCK teams, like you're going to get better. It's also easier to learn from behind than it is to innovate. It is. Uh uh, fudge hits that in the interview uh this week so we could hear that um it's the title of the interview the first time he cried plainly. I, I mean just just ask yourself this question other esports why is it that for the most part csgo has had so many different people from different countries be able to succeed in the game it's because they have cons- they consistently have international tournaments and so that has created a more level playing field for Counter-Strike players. Yeah, a lot of them are still European, but we've had we had an era where Brazilian players were able to be on top for a significant amount of time. Fallen and that whole uh yeah, the Fallen roster. Cold Zero. Yeah, yep. the the called Fallen Cold Zero era, right? Um, and these guys were practicing in North America, but when you have consistent international events and you have a, a circuit of competition that always has the best, then other people are gonna have access to that and and raise the level of competition. It's just not good enough to have two months of international events a year if you want these things to be good. It, Riot themselves has created this hell into which they have thrust the Western teams. I don't think it's a surprise that when there was an international circuit in League of Legends, that Moscow 5 was able to continuously do well. They were playing more frequently against good teams. Uh, question then, and Dom, you can weigh in on this. The leagues would overlap. In this, let's say we take like a CSGO kind of approach. You have your, we still have the major leagues, so your regular season leagues, but then you play these online regional league tournaments that will lead to international events how how do you how do you fit that schedule in and do you feel like dom maybe this um this leads to like like actual burnout like true like competitive player burnout rather than like burnout because i'm grinding scrims all day uh i mean i'm not i'm not exactly sure i i think that so i don't know if this has been said but the rumor next split is that you're going to be in a, a triple you're going to everyone's going to be lec format essentially so you're yep. going to get lec yep. format and you're going to get like one extra international and maybe that's something where it's like you play six six weeks in your region you go boot camp go to an international like play the international come back another six weeks boot camp inter- like maybe just having more of that instead of this like huge break could help the leagues uh, the, the the lesser leagues overall i think that that's maybe an angle because then you don't feel like you're just grinding for like six months and then you get this shot and you play and everything's mega fucking different on that patch. And then you come back and you play a completely different patch. And the next time you go to an international tournament it just feels so fucking low. It's like what we, what we learned didn't even matter. And I think that that's one of the things that uh, Fudge has said in, in his interviews is like you can watch the games. You can analyze them after you lose internationally and you can try to improve. But then when you go to the next international, you have completely different problems in a completely different meta against completely different yeah. players. And it just feels like it's not that applicable. It's not that useful. There you go. That was from my uh, the the spring championship interview. Uh, he did say that. So, uh, 
uh, I just I don't like this because it feels very um non-conclusive and not a lot of easy paths forward other than you know this rumored triple split move that uh, LEC was testing out but uh I, I mean I already I already spoiled that for everybody and said that LCS is going to move to that format like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that was you right yeah yeah I but it's remember. not even LCS like what I heard is that it's like that's going to be a global thing it's going to be like these types of splits tournament these types of splits tournament that that was my main point yeah um well if they want to add another international event it has to be like that right yeah it has to be like that um because you have to have the same break schedule which also by the way uh conveniently guys nobody from riot is ever going to get fired for imposing the league format on everybody worldwide because remember that korea used to have three tournaments a year and they were told in 2015 that they could not run this format any longer and they had to run fucking double round robin uh within you know within the league and so here we are and so we literally spent like eight years of this game on some bullshit formats that nobody ever liked uh and no one is ever gonna have to be responsible for inflicting this upon us which is just ridiculous hmm well sounds like it wasn't just a north american thing so it would be global i wonder who was global <laughs> Uh, global head of esports at that time in 2015. You can go ahead and do it, <laughs> detectives, and figure that one out. All right. Uh, well, TLDR, state of Western law, kind of fucked, but maybe better next year. Uh, we have some <laughs> solutions, but it, it sounds like it's further down the road. Yeah, I don't uh, think it's like a, it's a thing where there's going to be consistent progress towards an NA or EU team being competitive with the Chinese or Korean team. I think it's going to be like, one of these teams is going to be they're, they're just going to catch something good. There's going to be some innate chemistry. The players just are playing well. Yeah. Patches are good for them. Like it's, and, the, it's the lightning in a bottle. Like G2 was not intended to yeah. be that good. Like Fanatic, it was just, yeah. you know, that that group of players on G2 that was capable of winning MSI was luck. And, it you know, it was beautiful. And they played an entirely different style of League of Legends than anyone in the world. And that's what made it so fucking fun. Right. So that's just to, to Dom's point. That's how far away we are from from it. We're talking about how to get back to getting one team, possibly having a performance that is exciting, not truly becoming uh, 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 rivals to the powerhouses of China and Korea yeah. quite yet. Just like yeah. wait and see. It's like maybe one of these teams just it clicks, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's your hope. All right, here's our guy. No, no greater expert on global League of Legends based off of what he watches. He gives yep. us wait and see. Well, I, I think I think that's Just the truth. Pray. It's it's hard because like you know at the end of the day, I don't think either Dom or I really give a shit about the the Western performance, right? So I kind of do. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I do. I want to okay. see LCS do well. <laughs> Okay, fine. I, I would love to see, like, I mean, also, it's just like, I, I have different reasons why I want to see things succeed. Like, I don't want to watch LCS become more and more shit, and then people go back in time and be like, this is how bad it's always fucking been. Like, no, it's gotten progressively worse and worse and worse and fucking worse to the point where, like, it's like three and 15 group stages, right? Like, that, this wasn't a standard. Like, there used to be more parity between teams at first like at least it looked like it could be winnable you know like you could take games off teams and best of fives like that's not the case anymore like now the second best chinese team is just dicking down the best na team like fucking mega stomps not even fucking close like 
that's what's going on now. So, I, I mean, there's that. And then also at LEC, I just know a lot of the players and I'd like to see them do well. So I wish it wasn't like this, but I, I don't know how you can watch. Like, this is what happens. Everyone who watches as much LPL as I watch just eventually loses hope. Like I'm talking to Yamato and Gillies and we just watch games every single day. And I can feel them becoming more and more negative about the West. Like now when we watch all these like these teams are all fucking shit. Europe is so doomed. Whereas before they always had hope, you know, and now they're just That's like, right. yeah, how the, the, the fuck, knowledge, bro? the knowledge has doomed them to, you know, they have to confront reality now. You just, so you, you can't then watch you that pivot. much. Then you pivot and you say, well, why do I want Europe to win? Maybe I should let that feeling go and just, you know, bask in the glory of real League of Legends. No. It's time to give up. It's time no. to give up on the inside. No, that's the way you find true happiness. You, it, it's it's Buddhist guys. You have to give up on your attachments, okay, and be present and observe the glory around you. Give up on your attachment. Detach yourselves from the West. Come on, y'all. That's right. That's right. Soda Jerem Gme. Never give up. Never nope. give up. All right. No, there we go. definitely, definitely get rid of your attachments. Then you will see the divine light of Asian League of Legends, and you'll be much happier. Yeah. <laughs> LPL is pretty fucking fun to watch, man. Like, that's I, all I'm saying. I will say, with because of our next segment, it's Certified Banger of the Week. Because of this segment, and I go back and we, we forecast which matches to watch, when I go back and watch the VODs, it's so, it's so clear. Look, I'm not... I'm not the game expert, but it's so clear how yeah, crisp and how be. coordinated the level yeah. of play is. And it just makes you happy because you'll watch LCS and it'll, you'll scratch your head. Unless the team that you like is winning, you'll scratch your head and be like, what the fuck am I watching? What a fiesta. But when you watch LCK and you go watch LPL, you're like, wow, everything happened the way it should be. And the surprises are in the details. It's not like, what is this person thinking? It is, it's, it's so much better. So, um, there, there is that if if, yeah. if you do uh want to continue to be a dreamer go watch it and then imagine that it's actually insanity now on team liquid who has an opportunity to do that and, and, right, and you know right. you can, you don't have to give up your attachment all at once lcs is on the deathbed right so you can go into the the lcs hospice and dom will help guide you through this painful experience that you are having right now yep um Dom will help you. He will he will guide you through the death of the LCS in Dom's hospice True. and take you to LPL heaven at the end. I, I had to watch my career die twice with Riot Games banning me at two separate occasions. So I'm used to like I've I've been through the process a couple of times. I can help you through and give you some tips as to what I learned during the process. Uh, so, uh, by the way, guys, uh, as as an aside, uh, if you do want to watch the LCS this week, we actually hear at Last Free Nation, have a match of the week for you from LCS. Now, part of that is because there are not so many good matches coming up this week, but it is going to be <laughs> EG versus C9, which is our match of the week. And what that means, guys, is that with eSports Bet, if you use the referral code below and you sign up, you can get a 10% additional profit up to 100 USDT or its equivalent, another uh, cryptocurrency or the for free version, which is DJT, which you can play with on your first bet on that matchup. So it's a great deal. It was the telecom war last week, by the way, KT won with 2.8 odds and you got an additional 10%, which was fucking nutty. And you can get a sign up bonus of 50% up to $100 or a risk free $100 first bet also upon sign up. So lots of incentives, but C9 versus EG 
LFN match of the week this week. Go make your predictions now. Get that extra 10% on your first bet up to 100 USDT. Take wonder, the, and by the way, the odds right now are yeah, 1.6 for C9 and 2.25 for EG. So That's crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking bet that right now. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> All right, you convinced me, Monty. It's time. <laughs> who are you? Who are you taking, Dom? Who are you taking? Oh, nine. What the fuck? One point six for Cloud. Yeah, for one point six. Are you fucking favorite. kidding me? Also, we I've usually... been running the LEC. I'm the CEO of that shit. My bets this week. Oh my god, <laughs> I was killing. I was up ten units and fucking fifteen be- or fourteen bets. I was up ten units. Like, Holy moly. Yeah, I had Good some job. fucking bangers. I had, I had, what did I have that that really hit? I G two versus Astralis under twenty nine. That was two point six odds. That hit. I had XL money line versus Mad. I took XL to win versus Mad. That was two point seven seven odds. That hit. Then I had Fnatic money line versus Mad. That was one point or that was two point four two nine odds. Wow. I mean, dude, I had some juicers, man. Like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> So there you go. I also, them. Dom can help you at all times by going on his watch parties for LEC. He's all over this shit doing great. So maybe take some. And, of and I advice. literally just call out every single bet before I do it. So yeah, <laughs> there, you it there you go. Hey, go. guarantee you win every time. But so far we are up 33 units. So not bad. Thank you very much to our uh, friends over at eSports Bet for making it possible. All right. Let's close it on out. Certified banger of the week. We had two top of the table matches. We're going to cover one of those. And the other one is a banger match from the LPL as well. It was KT versus T1 and BLG versus Weibo Gaming. Let's get into it. All right. The Telecom Wars. Monty, this was was the 50% of yesterday or last week's big predictions that he got right. And it was an emphatic (laughs) correct. It was not a 2-1. You know, even after winning the first game, Monty, I was like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, I feel a throw coming. That first game was just two kills after three drakes, and everyone's just kind of waiting around to see what happens. And, you know, it could be KT's a flip. never losing that game. KT's never losing that game to <laughs> T1. Like, that, that's that's how, that's like the most KT game ever. Like, when I saw that, I had the opposite reaction. I'm like, oh, if this is how T1 comes, if T1 is not pay, playing aggressive lanes, and they're not trying to, like, dick down the bot lane with four people, if that's not the way the game is being played and you're just farming and going to setups, T1's never winning. Yeah, I, I think the thing with KT is that they have... So as a result of them pivoting to pick comps like halfway through last split, which is where you know the BDD Twisted Fate started getting played, they really have been quite good about objective control with these pick compositions they do a good job of pre-warding setting up vision and intercepting people on the way to especially kind of drakes in the mid game and it becomes very difficult to play against them um and now that we're in a meta where first off teams feel like they just have to ban azir versus bdd so what what does he end up getting well he ends up getting twisted fate or he ends up getting annie or other of these talia these mid these mid roamers which he can then play to whichever lane uh, whichever of his side lanes is playing kind of a strong side matchup or needs help from him. Like Keen was playing tanks in, in these games, but he's also perfectly comfortable playing Renekton or Quinn into Renekton, which was what we saw earlier in the week. And then that's what also, you know, Rich was playing later on in the LCS as well as, as kind of a Renekton like split push counter. Right. And so 
Um, there really isn't a lot of pressure on the champion pools uh, because Cuz has an, enough picks that he can play, and it pe- teams feel like there are enough ban worthy champions, especially the Azir, that it does mess up their drafts versus KT. And it's not like that's really slowing BDD down. I think I, if I were teams, I would probably try and target the Sejuani and the Viego on Cuz and see what happens next because you're just it, it's not enough to to have to take out some of these other picks in the meta. But yeah, I think KT looked pretty good in this game. T1 didn't play very well, so it I think it's hard to get a read from from KT and unfortunately in the series they played against Gen G was the one where they forced um KT convincingly won game 1 and game 2 they forced aiming to sell that static shiv and it kind of like ruined the series. So we don't and it was also on a previous patch before the Azir buffs came through which were also really important I think for KT. But on this patch, I think KT looks Pretty solid right now. Dom, thoughts? No, I, I I agree. I mean, I think they 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 look solid, but I mean, I'm I'm the hater, right? So let's go the other angle. I think <laughs> T1 is playing so bad compared to what you feel like they should be playing. I mean, when I'm watching T1 play, I don't understand why they they like completely alter their style and they never went back to it. Like something happened. It's not like they're like people were beating them when they were playing strong side bot when they were playing you know aggressive bot lanes bringing the mid to bot lane and they were diving diving yeah that was working every time and it's like yeah sure they nerfed the 80 carry bot laners but you could the, th- the funny thing is when they played against blg didn't blg do just that to them yes, they're playing yep. like these lulu <laughs> lanes pushing in the lane diving them on cooldown so they're getting their ass beat by that same strategy so i thought that that was going to be like a wake-up call to t1 and be like hold up that's us. BLG just out T1 to us. Let's just go back to doing our own thing. And when you watch them play, they just they always are picking like losing or neutral bots. They don't do anything proactive and they just kind of like wait to lose. So there's some weird dynamic going on in T1. It does it definitely looks like they've lost trust in each other or something. Like they look way more lifeless than they used to look. Um and I don't know if it's just the losses getting to them or it's the fact that it's like they choked in other finals and they're like, oh shit, like do we always choke finals? Are we ever going to win? It just looks like their mindset is, is really bad. Um, they're just, they're, they went back to being ultra passive. They were by far the most aggressive team in Korea when they were winning. Like it wasn't even fucking close. Like they were stomping yeah. everyone so quickly. And that's why people were just saying they were the best team in the world because of how far ahead they were going. They would just take the lead early, close you out quickly. There wouldn't, there wouldn't be much like breathing room for the enemy team. And now I just look at them and they look so lifeless. Yeah. It's also that they they really seem to have like a really strong amount of trust and synergy with each other, which isn't there anymore. I mean, if we think back to halfway through the spring split when they were just totally dominant, right? Uh, It wasn't just the hail of blades, you know, Caitlin support. It was, it was really like there there are some very dynamic dives that are happen happening with Gragas and Lee Sin where they're willing to dive these turrets and have the faith that these these abilities are going to be comboed or like you know the Lee Sin is going in on an Ezreal with flash and heal up and E up uh, and the Yasuo is going to be off the screen in the fog of war, and that Lee Sin kick is going to be enough to set up the Yasuo ult that is going to, you know, assassinate this AD carry in the middle of the team. And so for me, it, it what was so impressive about T1 was just this fundamental trust and teamwork that when one person went in, that they were going to be able to mechanically play a dive. And I think that's what it feels like is missing now. 
right? It, it doesn't feel like it's the same level of synergy um, that that they have anymore. But they don't play things that like have combos anymore. Like when you look at, sure. the, at their their comps. The game one comp. Yeah, I mean, think about what they were playing before. Gragas Lee Sin. How many different ways can you move a cha- an enemy champion around with those two champions? Sure. And, and there's no reason why playing? they can't continue to play these champions, by the way. It's not yeah, like they're not getting is a, a fringe meta pick, sure, but it has been used successfully in LCK already this this split. I mean, you just watch the games that, that they're playing. They're opting into the Azir. That's what's so weird to me is they're opting into things like Azir where they should be willing to play all the aggressive stuff that's still in the meta. They should be the team that's playing Annie Leeson, Annie Viego, fucking Nico Leeson, Nico Viego, Nico, like bring Rek'Sai out. It's pretty fucking OP right now in solo queue. I want to see some of these picks that allow them to do what they're good at, but somewhere along the way, they just completely lost their confidence in the style. And I don't know why, because we didn't get to see it on stage. I don't know if it happened in scrims where they played a, a scrims for a week and they were just losing to better teams. Like, all right, we have to drop it. But something changed with their mentality in between spring and and now. Uh, this, this, the, do you have a problem with this first draft, right? The Renekton, Kindred, Nico, Kaisa, Nautilus. I, I feel like it doesn't have those same great synergies with the mid jungle combo and then also mid jungle duo. And then also like Faker, I don't know. He looked uncomfortable this whole series, but he looked particularly uncomfortable on Nico. And then I felt like he just looked rusty on the Azir, even after being deposited that very weird level, whatever it was, kill with BDD yeah. on TF. Yeah, they kind of ran, KT kind of ran it at level one in that game, but then they yeah. they got back very quickly within the game. I mean, those are the things that I think are like not going to translate well internationally. That's the reason why I think LPL is stronger right now than LCK is when you look at KT, KT and Genji are the best teams, but then you see there's like a lack of precision in the early game. And I just think that these things are going to be exploited by the other team. Like if you saw... How fast T1 gave the game back, that was kind of yeah, that insane. Was very bad. I thought Where, it was over for KT off of like the first couple minutes of that yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, you have a TF who needs to be like at least able to roam. Like you don't want the TF to be behind, obviously. And the TF gets solo killed by the Azir. So Azir is going to have perma pressure. It should be very hard for TF to ult out it of lane. Super sloppy solo kill too. Like, it was yeah. just great. I mean, you saw BDD's reaction. BDD like gets solo killed. He's like, he can barely even look at the screen. He's like, what the fuck, man? Like, oh my god, I yeah, ran it. That was like, that was like, it was bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he had that, and then he's, the, he's, just watching him like walk into all those sand soldiers and river with like conquer up. I was like, oh god. Yeah, it was it was really painful. He has spellbook, by the way. He, he has spellbook on TF. Like. And he just walks in and then the, the the bot fight was really poorly played by kt by by cuz like cuz flashed what he didn't need to flash if he gets hit by the knockup by rakan the idea should be kazix is not a champion unless you're isolated right as soon as he gets mm-hmm. hit by the knockup the lulu can just walk on top of him gumayushi is no manner you just fight you just fight fight them off the kazix probably has to flash there but they fucked that up and then cuz has no flash you know he was 100 hp when this fight happened 30 seconds later, he obviously got chunked. He's like 60% HP. And then he's like solo diving to try to cancel a recall. And then he just dies for free. And suddenly T1's up 2-0. The fact that, t- that this is part of the reason why I have the mentality that something is wrong with T1 is how is T1 not winning that game? Like, how are they not? <laughs> like, maybe it was, they it was free. super late. It, it was free. But how do they not have any advantage? It, feel, it feels like they're like behind after somehow, after this happens somehow. So 
It, it was mega weird. To I, me. I I will give I will give KT some credit in coming back into that game because I again I think they played pretty well around Vision. I mean the reason why Keen was able to get some good ults off was a combination of Vision granted from Twisted Fate ult and also good like Pink Ward Vision control that allowed yeah, some like hiding around know, angles. Yeah, yeah, flash you know flash Malphite ult from the darkness when they you know didn't know where he was because they had they had pre planned the Vision game very well. I mean Keen's a great player. Um, so I, I think that there, there were ways that KT played well to get back into that game, but they, they definitely like hard griefed in the first couple minutes of that game. And I think against very good teams, it would be challenging to come back from that. Yeah. You're not coming back that easily versus like JDG, for example. Like, yeah. Like JDG is like there to fucking scrap. Yeah. It, it was a, it was a good reminder of Keen's class, but also like he was just, he was just dunking faker and gumiyushi multiple times with these mouth idols that were just like yeah but also like, what, that, what are we this, doing these are other things where it's like why are both carries this is stuff you yeah. learn in season three. don't stack up like people always talk about that are you playing on top okay if you play on top side i'll play on bot side and the two carries will just not stand together so you can't get wombo like you never want the whole team to be stacked up at the same place yeah so that yeah. was that was pretty strange but even like sequentially not like yeah that happened later on in the game but the way that that KT got back in like how does how does BDD just walk bot and get a free ult on the Zaya when the game circumstances that when the bot lane is ahead Guma's up a fucking kill and and Azir's ahead how is TF just able to just walk bot and get a free ult like they should they should not they should wait until Azir goes mid and pushes in the fucking wave and puts BDD under the turret and then Gumayushi can push out the bot wave they can call jungle if they need it for the push out there's no patience. They just like let KT have whatever they wanted. Like everyone knows what TF does. But TF ult is not global anymore. You actually have to be hovering on that side of the yeah. map where you're where you're gonna go. And they just let him walk and, and get back into the game. And nothing was nothing was uh was taken by T1 out of it. You, it's not like there was plates um, from did you Azir ever or anything. Play the game. Did you ever play the game when TF port was on his E? Yes. In in beta, yeah. <laughs> in beta. Yeah. So guys, if you don't if you don't know this, so his 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 uh he used to have wild cards, pick a card, and then his E was porting and his R was revealing the like all the enemy champions, right? So he used to be able just on cooldown, you could teleport blind into like random brushes on the map. Also, gold card used to be an AoE stun. Uh that was a thing. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> this is just an aside for you guys to understand how TF used to be. <laughs> what was the cooldown on E? Was it like still a minute or whatever? Yeah, no, it was no, like no. a yeah, yeah it, was. it was like 60 seconds, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a minute. But anyway, it was incredibly broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is one of our two bangers of the week because it was the top table matchup first time in a little while where KT gets over the hump. And they looked good. They looked really good. Um not unbeatable, but really good. And also kind of confusing. You'll see some of these uh, nuances that we're not used to seeing T1 coordinate on uh, as much. So uh, yeah. the and LCK for, thing of the week. Yeah, I think for, for those people who are saying like, oh, you know, uh, there are a bunch of LCK homers out there. I think most of the people who watch the LCK right now are mostly saying that this split doesn't look that good. Uh, in terms of overall level, like even though Genji hasn't lost a match yet, like Doran's play has been fucking bad. Yeah, uh, he's been bad for sure. <laughs> sometimes that guy you know, runs he, it. 
He had two good like, games and he's making a fucking career. He bought himself somehow an extra fucking year uh, <laughs> of being on Gen G by playing two had, fucking good games in his entire career. He has had some like good team fighting on Renekton, but he's also like griefed in some of these games early. And to Dom's point earlier, against like good LPL teams, it's going to be very, very hard to come back from the early deficits that you have. I mean, we um, saw it. We, we literally just saw him play against Ben, <laughs> right? Like the way he lane versus Ben was just inexcusable. And then suddenly the Jax is a fucking menace in the game. Even if Jax is not solo carrying it, the threat of Jax in that game makes the whole fucking game unplayable for the rest of his team. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Doran, Doran has had some rough times and so that that makes you like not have a lot of faith in gen g peanut also has like completely thrown at times by doing classic peanut things like overextending uh it was a miracle they didn't lose to t1 in their match uh that they played and so kt in spite of some of their flaws does look pretty convincingly like the best team on this patch um and that's why that's why people are worried about LCK is that if you compare them to some of like the monster teams that are over in the LPL, I think, you know, what's so fucking gross about JDG, for example, is that 369 will just solo kill you top on a tank while Kanavi's just hard camping bot. And then all of a sudden, both sides of the match, the map are ahead. And then JDG just completely just like shit stomps you. It's very hard to win against a team who is capable of doing that. Yeah, I mean, also, I think that JDG, the, the problem is that they've found a way that they want to play a game and you can't stop them from playing the way they want to play. Like, <laughs> 369 will just play every tank in the game. So you can't you can't be like, oh, well, like, well, just ban his Orin. It's like, he'll play Orin, he'll play Gragas, he'll play Cassante, he'll play Scion. Like, you just can't ban him out, right? Like, he's going to be relevant no matter what. Um, and and then the also he might position. solo kill you with no help and then widen that lead. It, it's just like it's it's all it feels almost unfair at times watching JDG because it's like, come on, JDG, you can't also have this advantage. That's illegal. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, uh, I've started to just call it. I've been like, damn, bro, like they're kind of cringe because normally when a team is at, at the top of the table and they've been so dominant for so long, they'll stop like playing their like known best best champs and they'll kind of go outside of the box but it feels like every single game jdg is like oh annie's up oh annie wukong are up yeah annie wukong and fucking gragas annie wukong kasante <laughs> annie wukong orn and what do we have bot side oh we have like you know ruler playing his affilios we have ruler playing whatever his chips oh zyra khan yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll even play kaisa if he has to it just it seems so annoying because it's like they don't even they don't give you a break you're like fucking anyone's legend you come in there and you just get booty blasted for no reason <laughs> they won't even happy game against you what the fuck man yeah i mean they might lose a game here and there i mean they did drop a game to al but it's like i don't know like their happy games don't even like look that happy it's like shit bro like we lost okay we're gonna beat your ass even harder next game we're gonna beat you so hard next game that it's gonna count as two wins for us winning's fun Winning makes me happy. That's basically yeah. what it is. Again, they're the guy and, that's like tryharding when they're smurfing. Like they're the guy that just fucking is is like a challenger player and he's doing unranked to challenger. And then he it's like TF Blade. He's just playing jacks every game versus like plat players. Like, come on, bro. Like you're not gonna even just give him a little bit of room to breathe. You're not gonna play like Camille or something. Have some fun. No, jacks every game. Uh well, let's move into the other game of the week. It is in the LPL. It's Weibo Gaming and Billy Billy Gaming. Uh this was a great three-game series. Oh, man, what a throw. <laughs> uh, Weibo and Billy Billy had a heck of a game, number one, that was slow until third Drake. And then afterwards, there was this uh, TP play by Bin, who accidentally got caught out on the TP and then dies before you can TP while they were ahead. And then eventually everything goes to shit there. Um, and uh, Weibo was able to get the victory in that one. 
but uh, Billy Billy able to battle back and show the class. They end up winning two to one in this series. Dom, what jumped out of you about this one? I thought it was really interesting to see like the clash of styles in game three. Um, we rarely see that where a team picks engage and Weibo just played one of the most like difficult comps to engage into. They played the, the Heimer, the Heimer Varus, which is something that um, people have kind of fallen off. When I was watching that game, by the way, I was like, why does the T1 just play this shit? Why don't they just play the lane dominant shit and just abuse you in lane and, you know, try to try to win the game like that. So Weibo went for this comp plus Jace plus Maokai and then they have a cannon top. It's like one of the hardest comps to run into. And BLG had Kasante, Wukong, Nico, uh, Aphilios, uh, Rakan. So it's like Rakan, Wukong, and plus and plus Nico or Annie. That's what a lot of teams are running right now in the LPL. And for a while, it looked so hard for BLG to play. So I thought the most interesting part was to watch how BLG was able to like navigate these fights. Like, how were they able to win this game? Because a lot of the fights, it looks really hard. I mean, you get, you get hit by Ma- Maokai Sapley, get hit by a Jace fucking EQ. You know, enemy team has Heimer turret set up. It's just very hard for them to actually like get a fight, but they were able to like cut their loss as well. They didn't int into it. They were smart about the way they took fights. And eventually, like the shy made one mistake and they leveraged it yeah. into like a whole game win. Well, they got which Elder is off that of you that. see a lot. Yeah. I, so what happened, guys, is the shy was a- accidentally kind of hit the blast cone wrong at Baron and got caught in the pit after Baron had been taken, died. And then unfortunately elder was spawning in like 20 seconds. And even then, um, even then they almost were able to get to, to win that final fight too, despite being down and having like the shy reviving for that one. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. I, I wasn't in love with the static shiv on the cannon on Shy in this game, because if you're going to be playing for the peel, like I get that you want to create some amount of pressure in the side lane uh, with the static shiv, but I, I'm not sure that was the build I would have gone for in this particular circumstance. Yeah, um, I mean, they both kind of ended with the static shiv game. It seems like yeah, static shiv I, I just, is I, not that good. I, I think it could be, but in game number one, they didn't actually split push with it. Um, well, you can't doctrine. Yeah, that's fair. That's because if you try to split push doctrine, just hold. I think that this that the shy game of Kennen is a better theoretical shiv game than than the one that um, Bin played because the one that Bin played it's just very hard to split push versus doctrine. It's just I, don't I know. just it, wish I just wish you had Zonias in that final game. You know what I mean? Instead of like, I think if you have a Zonias on the shot, you can do your job better of providing that front line and and hampering the engage of Billy Billy. Yeah, I mean, I think also when people are going static shiv, it should be just something that you view as another item that's a possibility. You should commit to it before the game starts because in the yeah the um, <laughs> the fight where where the early game fight in game number one where Bin TP's in, yes. it is on and first he has that base. amazing like flash engage. Yeah, he, has, he has an amazing flash opportunity and he's TPing for a fight as he bases. So there, if he's going to fight, he should be looking for items that are going to make that fight better for him. If he's about to team fight at level six, you don't need to fucking buy a Kershey shard and a longsword. Like that's not going to make you stronger in the fight. What's going to make you stronger <laughs> is an alternator, a dark state, like just build some AP yeah, yeah. and then go for this play. So I think people are too committed to the idea of static shiv before it's before the game's even played. You have to be more cognizant of how the game is playing out and do the math of, okay, static shiv is going to help me clear side lanes. It's going to give me more value in being able to to get ahead. But is that going to be better than 
the AP right now, the items I need right now. Yeah, because yeah. if Static Shift doesn't allow you to get to the items <laughs> that you need it was, it was anyway, then you're guy. just going to be behind. It was depressing because you're watching this fight. First off, the shy played the fight really well on the Renekton by flashing yeah, over and like, yeah, he was. I mean, it was it was great play by the shy too. So I don't want to, but watching Bin like flash over into this choke point and stun four with the ult and deal like no damage because he was AD cannon was was sad. It was sad to watch because you 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 I it it just feels like you're about to get this massive orgasmic play. And then you just get instantly blue balled, right? It was so depressing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was the first. That was one of the first fights, actually, in 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 that game one. Um, no damage coming out of it, though. Uh, again, great series, back and forth, and just uh, also the dragon stacking by Weibo. That was kind of an interesting. Uh, I guess the happenstance that led to, hey, we get Baron there, or they get Baron, which is fine or whatever, but now the Elder's up so we can flip the game on its head at 31 minutes, which is why it ended up ending so quickly. So, well, also the cloud, the cloud soul is just fucking amazing on their composition, too. If you have like mm -hmm. Renekton, Nocturne, Nautilus, like just, just really good. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> cer certainly helps when you're trying to protect a, a, hyper carry zeri in the back line that you have cloud soul on some of on some of these champions yeah um well there you go there you have it north american fans that uh or i guess western fans that need a little bit of palate cleanser maybe you just watched that last vitality match and you want to watch something that has a little <laughs> bit more coordination here you go back and forth between yeah, these three teams you can watch actually good chinese players <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. You are hyping up, Bo, yeah, man. Yeah, I know. That was, him so hard. There it is. All right. Yeah. This Dom's is the second final, time he's done Dom's it. Dude. final betrayal on ah, Bo is complete. No, I gave up on him fast. Like, there's some things that are just unacceptable to me. And, like, just the way he plays is just like, it, it just looks like he doesn't give a fuck. As soon as I see that out of a player, I'm fucking done with them. Yeah. Oh, man. I, you know, I will say about Billy Billy, one of the things that I really enjoy about them is that they react so well and so quickly like they don't tunnel on things on the map it's like they're constantly reevaluating the situation that they find themselves in and are looking for the way to push their advantage and it's it's really fun to watch them do that like a lot of teams will just be like well we started this herald so therefore we must go back to it after this team fight but no like they're they're watching to see how the other team's reacting and then trying to maximize the value of that so they're thinking on the fly and communicating really well and and it it's fun like i think that's my favorite thing to watch about billy billy as a team Yep. Uh, Yagao is just a very Yagao is just a very smart player. Yeah. He's, he's I mean, very he's, smart. He's player. very similar to Faker, to be honest, in like how his how his playstyle is. Like this is what you're looking for. He's just the playmaking mid laner of of China right now. Yeah. I, 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 I did feel that I got to see that in summer playoffs of last year in LPL. Mm -hmm. And that was like his fucking rise plays were so cool. And I felt like I kind of missed out on that a little bit at the start of this year, but I'm getting it again now, and I really enjoy watching. That. Yeah, I felt like he came into form during MSI. Something clicked for mm -hmm. BLG during MSI because they were always yeah, like a kind of sketchy team that could throw games. You never felt like they were in that much control, but something happened at MSI where they just became like the best version of themselves. Uh, if we're talking about that, I feel like Elk has settled into his role and isn't just hinting as well and finding the nice skirts of 
places to do damage. I mean, it's been Elk, fun to Elk had a really fun outplay on the the dive in game two as well yeah. from from Poppy, where he like flash pulled back the feathers in order to secure the kill on the attempt on the redive. I thought that was that was these cute. motherfuckers are good at league. I don't know what to say when I watch them play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a reason I'm waking up at four a.m. Yeah. I'm on like three hours of sleep right now because I watched OMG versus LGD literally. 14 hours ago at this point oh is when it God. started and man i don't know they're fucking good like they, they just play the game well it's nice to see well you guys at home don't have to stay up uh until 4 a.m or get up at 4 a.m to see the banger of the week we got you right here in those two matches ktt1 and blg versus wbg or, or i guess weibo where both are bangers of the week all right guys Another episode done dusted. Couple weeks in the books now for our major Western regions. Uh, FlyQuest are tied with two other teams from all regions that have played six games. It would be one Leviathan in Latin America and uh, Kaboom Esports in Brazil. The only two other teams that have gone winless through six matches so far. Uh, pretty brutal. The other couple of teams that are winless, they haven't played six matches yet, so I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, do they win a game this week? Yes or no? That's how we close up the show. I Look, I, I have to believe that, that FlyQuest will win a game this week. I'm Easier. shocked they lost to Dignitas. But yeah, they'll, they'll win a game. Like, they'll win they, a game. And they, uh, if they don't win a game this week, they will have lost to every single team in the LCS. They're not losing gone. to Mortals. This week, I Dom, I Dom giving I really hope not. Going going the complete round robin and getting totally defeated by everybody would be. By the way, I would have loved to have seen the odds on that happening before <laughs> this split starts. That you think FlyQuest is going to lose to every single team before they get a win? That would be fucking insane. No, nah, they're 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 not losing to Immortals. The other ones though, EG. Oh wait, no, who are they play? They play Energy and they play against uh, Liquid as well. I don't know. Uh, they could they they could go one and eight pretty easily, and not even look that bad doing it. You know, like they might just be a one and eight team at this point. That's crazy. Not that look crazy. that bad. You mean be a good one and eight? <laughs> yeah. Well, like I mean, just perform like at their at their level. You know, like they might just like play as well as they can and just lose energy. Like that could happen. You know, are, are you Dom? Are you excited this week to see your boy Viper go up against D plus and uh, and Gen G? I, I just want to see what happens with this jungler because I've been hearing some rumors. I don't speak Korean, Ooh. but like, I mean, they they could have gotten dread. We keep going back to that dread. Dread's just there. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's happening with their jungler. Like, is is Clint done? Is he even going to play? Like, I saw a fucking thread on Reddit saying he was accused of sexual assault or like harassment. Oh I don't know. I didn't see that. Holy moly. Yeah. So I'm, I don't even know what's happening with that team. Well, you know what? As as we've stated before, they might have two better junglers in Dandy and Mowgli on their coaching staff. That is a oh, possibility. Yeah. <laughs> That's not an outrageous statement. <laughs> Dang, Dandy getting in there and dusting off the dust. That'd be cool. <laughs> That's like Oh, one thing that happened last week. I'm not sure if I said it on the broadcast or on our show. Nuke Duck gets his first kill in the LCS. Like that just seems so fucking cool to me. Dude's been playing for fucking ever, and then comes over ten years later yeah. after he starts his career, gets his first kill. No one, no one hit on that. They're like, how oh, many yeah. kills does Faker have in the LCS? Yeah, that's, that's right. right. And that's your, fuck, that's that's your right. fucking goat. Imagine that. <laughs> and that's, that's your right. fucking goat. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
Um, that LBL are there good LPL games this week? Yeah, OMG LNG. Ooh, spicy. Oh, that's true. I see that one. Oh, OMG. Wait, oh, yeah, OMG LNG is Sunday. It's that one. I mean, the games are not like super insane. Um, LNG WE, I think, is, is, is pretty good, but I mean, today's games are actually not bad. OMG LGD and then like top esports WE. I thought that one was going to be close. WE kind of smacked top esports, so it, it gives you hype for the LNG WE match that's later because WE came off a loss to TT, so it's like, okay, did they just play really bad teams at the start? They lost to OMG, which is expected because I think OMG's just like, I think OMG's just legitimately a top four team in China right now. Like, that's just how it looks, right? Like, they beat Weibo. They were top four last split. They beat everyone who they're supposed to beat. The only losses they have are to BLG, JDG. Um, and then, yeah, WE, like, losing to OMG and then losing to TT. I wasn't sure how good they were, but, I mean, they smacked top esports. And also, I think 13-12 meta is good for WE. Like, Azir coming back. It's one of Shank's champions. Um, yeah, I just think that that might be a better look for them. And, and Hang, their jungler, is really good. So, we'll see. What was what was the match that we're looking for in the LCK? Uh, there is Hanwha. it's it's the Hanwha week 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 of Hanwha. Uh, they've been playing some kind of weaker opponents, and so this week they play D plus and T one. So it's kind of a uh, or D plus and Gen G rather. So it's kind of a moment of truth for them. T one also plays D plus, but D plus kind of looks like shit. So I'm not sure yeah, they they're going to really be able bad. to win any of those. I mean. When I watch Canyon play, he looks mega tilted, and Kana is just bad. Kana is just not good enough. So, it's tough. Canyon, you can Canyon has Canyon has had some fun games on like you know Jungle Nico. Yeah, he played. <laughs> he played Sion. Jungle I mean, Nico like, game was great. Yeah, no, that was probably. I mean, that was that was a really good game. I I, I watched that game, and I mean, he was. The thing that's crazy is he looks better than mid laners on the champion. Like the, like the way he used the whole kit, the way he was using the transforms. It's like, bro, have you? Were you know, playing this amazing. before or like how, <laughs> how did you actually get good at this? Because some mid laners played it when it came out. They thought it might be good. It was like fringe meta for a bit and then it kind of disappeared. Canyon is, is fucking special, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're tr the thing about Dom one that triggers me is they do things to try to give Kana a better time where they'll pick Scion and they'll rotate a jungle. Like the, the yeah. flexing of Scion jungle is not supposed to be really good for Canyon. It's not like jungle Scion is good at all. It's that he's going to like take an L to have somebody else have a really good matchup. Similar to what Kanavi did in uh, finals of MSI where he took the Nautilus. Where it's, it's not a great pick, but if it gives your laner an ability to like not get countered or a mega counter the other guy himself, that should be an advantage. And it's just never an advantage. I don't know. It's tough to watch. Uh, easy yeah. to watch. Easy to watch is the matchup of the week over the LCS. Cloud9 and uh, <laughs> Evil Geniuses. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it's all right. Uh, there will be three people watching that game, as we've learned from LCS hey, viewership. I got, I got so some far. viewers. Look, yeah. If you want to talk about proportionately, my co stream has not gone down close to the amount of viewers that, uh, that the LCS. No, you're doing great. Down. Yeah, so. you're doing great. You have all the Schadenfreude viewers. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I've trained them. I've trained them for that. Like, very you know, good. Very good. You, you were talking about some of the um, odds that you're getting for the bets for your LEC. It's probably because FlyQuest is doing so bad and just raking in so much money on their bets earlier, right? It has to be that. They're just like, yeah, sure. Well, if someone pays attention to LEC, we'll throw some money over there. These odd makers are, are just, uh, you sure. know, I think they got a yes. little loose. All right. <laughs> we'll call it there.
All right, everyone. Uh, you'll catch Dom on his streams all week long. Monty, where will people catch you? Uh, somebody insight on Wednesday. We will. We had to skip a week of doing the new show with me and Doa on our last Free Nation Culture channel, which you guys should go subscribe to um, on YouTube and Nerd Legion on podcast platforms and LFN Culture on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because Doa decided to make more LCS fans. He took Dom's advice from last week super literally congrats yeah, i respect that Papa Doa. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. daddy Doa. but we'll be we'll be back on if you guys by the way if you guys are listening go congratulate him on twitter that would be very nice of you guys uh, yeah so i saw the baby and i was like that's the North American talent. That's what we need. Like, <laughs> that's what we need. It has a visa. It's already legal, legal and able to work. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Uh, but yeah, shit. so uh, had to, had to take a little break Doa from and that. Make a team. That's what we need. <laughs> you know that Doa, you know that Doa is the oldest of eight, right? Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, those uh, like his family's way too way too late to start playing league now. They, they, it's not going to happen. Though you got to start over. We don't need eight. I, maybe we need maybe five. he will. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. We, um, we need five. We technically need three. We can import two, but like we need at least at least three. All right. Like that's it. Maybe we can combine with uh, my my family and his. We're only one short right now. We're only one short. Okay, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Uh, we'll have to see if the LCS can last uh, 15 years until my son is able to play. Um, they got but... it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's well that's it. if you want to watch the LCS now, you can watch it through uh, Dom. You can watch it, uh, recap it with uh, my interviews as well. Doing yep. two this week, doing some TikToks as well. It's been a lot of fun with the players. Uh, and then we have face check tomorrow. So if you're watching yeah. live, you can and watch face check tomorrow. I'll do my one shout out. I started a Billy Billy account. I'm on Chinese social media. Are you really? Yeah, I started a Chinese social media account. Oh, awesome. The numbers there make no sense, by the way. Like, I started an account, and I just did, like, an intro video where I'm like, hi, my name is Dom. I used to do this, and, like, now I like the fucking LPL. Got, like, 115,000 views, and my channel got, like, 23,000 subscribers, like, overnight. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think it doesn't make sense. <laughs> All right, make sure to like the uh, Last Free Nation on Billy Billy. Make sure to uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm telling you, like it's like it doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> what I didn't know is that I had I had like obviously I'm a huge OMG fan, so I'm known I guess on Billy Billy for being an OMG fan because people are already translating my my videos. Yeah. And Aki saw one of the videos where I'm flaming him, and he responded to it on stream. So the jungler for OMG just like was responding to it on stream. Oh, he's man. like, oh, this guy's nice. pretty funny. Like, <laughs> so he said, I don't respect anything he's fucking says, but he's pretty funny. So, like, that, was, <laughs> that was what I got. You know, we take we we take our wins there. All right. Well, you guys can catch us all next week with all the content, all the different areas. Uh, but make sure to like and subscribe here. Help us continue to grow and get you the content that you want. But for now, we're gonna call it. We'll see you next week for more Power Spike. See you guys. <laughs>